Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Podblast with me, Tony McCormick, and Ben Aiken from Narrow in the Field. Welcome along and thanks for joining us once again on the uh, Racing Pod Blast here. Hi Ben, looks like we uh, may be entering a racing freeze out again. Yeah, unfortunately Tony, looking that way, uh, Ascot gone already, Haydock needs to survive a Friday inspection. Uh, Taunton and Avon might be the only two jumps cars we're left with on Saturday, but you know, we'll do what we can do. Don't it? Yeah, indeed we will, mate. Indeed we will. And uh, Haydock is our focus this week in the first part of the Pod Blast, with three of their ITV races coming under analysis. Then it's our football Trixie top, uh, very popular, very popular, by the way. Nothing to do with the profits that we're making at the moment. Uh, our very popular football Trixie top, middle and bottom. We stay in Scotland. We've got to stay in Bonnie, Scotland for the selections after a very profitable week, two weeks ago. And then we'll close the uh, pod blast out with our best of the rest selection uh, with a couple of stats and angles for the rest of, or maybe only, Saturday action. <laughs> so let's get stuck in. First race on the agenda is the Rossington Main Novices Hurdle at 1.30 from Haydock. Seven runners over just short of two miles. Over to you, Ben, for the Rossington Main. Yeah, but not outstanding on the race trends front here, Tony, but I have noted that nine of the last ten winners past the following three trends, uh, aged five or six, had at least two starts in the past 90 days and one last time out. Uh, that would highlight Pembroke, Chasing Fire and War Soldier uh, this year. Pembroke, probably the right favourite here. Uh, he's only one with winning form and heavy so far, and the offspring of his sire, Blue Brazil. They also have the best record on heavy of the sires represented in his race. So I couldn't really put anyone off Pembroke. Um, whether I personally want to be backing him at the odds, I'm not sure. I can't say I have a, a strong enough opinion on the race to be diving in at those odds. Um, at the bigger prices, I, I actually do think Poetic music is worthy of some consideration. Uh, she posted some noteworthy speed figures so far in her career. She might just have been overlooked in the market. Uh, I think she was around 12 to 1 last time I looked. So, poetic music, possibly the one that might tempt me into a play, Tony. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I've got, um, I've got well, I've kind of got it. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Uh, it's not easy, no. No, I'm looking at uh, Toothless, a distance winner. Uh, 35 length winner at uh, Fakenham, likely to improve. Of course, Paul Nichols uh, trains him. Harry Cobden in the in the saddle. Matata, I was I was looking at before the prices came out. He's 14 to one in the uh, the two tone green colours of Simon Manure and Isaac Swed uh, for trainer Nigel Twiston Davis and Daryl Jacobs. Uh, he was second of 11 over course and distance, beating one length in a class three novices hurdle. Uh, War Soldier, um, he's out at 14 to 1, he's the outsider, which just goes to show in the seven runner race, the outsider of the ra uh, race is 14 to 1. And Dorian Starr, winner of a 15 runner class 4 contest on good to soft ground when last seen in November, winning by two and a quarter lengths. 
travelling strongly and showed a nice turn of foot when asked to go and win his race, uh, Dorian Star, uh, for trainer Evan Williams uh, with Adam Wedge in the uh, in the saddle. So, yeah, it's wide open, wide open. I, I, I'm a little bit like you. I wasn't really, not too taken on Pembroke, so I, I would leave him. And uh, I would go for, just here, uh, I, I like Nigel Twiston-Davis, and I think he's thought very long and hard about it he was beaten by war soldier actually 11 to 10 favorite but i'll be going each way on matata in uh number three matata for daryl jacob he's in the uh, in the saddle and nigel twiston davis the trainer in the rossington main off at 130 the 205 at haydock one mile seven and a half furlongs it's the new one unibet Hurdle, Grade 2, uh, it's a champion hurdle trial race. It's, uh, it is going to be heavy ground, Ben, tomorrow. Uh, six runners go into post. Uh, trend's a little weak here, given the new one won this for four years running. So the age uh, trends are completely out the window. Uh, I think last time I looked, it was between five, uh, age 5 and 10 in the last eight runnings. Uh, Manila Drama won here as well as on he- has won here as well as on heavy uh, winner of a grade two contest over the larger obstacles at this meeting 12 months ago interesting that Manel Drama uh, is back over hurdles for the first time since finishing second of 12 in the grade one Mersey Novices at Aintree in 2021 might be on the short side this trip uh, but who am I to question uh, uh, Donald McCain and also Nell's son second of four and fourth of seven in two starts over fences he too is uh, back over uh, uh, back over hurdles today 139 novice hurdler commands respect so a bit of a small each way. There's only six going to post. It's basically all about Epitant, uh for Nicky Henderson, Aidan Coleman at the top of the market. He's odds on at the moment. Uh, Nigel Twiston Davis has the second favourite in I Like to Move It, currently priced 11 to 4 as we're recording this on Friday morning. Uh, Manella Drama, as I mentioned before, he's back over hurdles. He's 10 to 1. Nelson, 16 to 1. I'll, uh, I'll just go a very small sporting each way on Nelson at around 16 to 1 in first-time cheek pieces for trainer Nicky Richards. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the trends, Tony. Um, I had nine of the last ten winners were rated 149+. plus. Uh, had previously won at least at grade two level and had won or placed on one of their last two starts. Uh, rather boringly this year, that leaves Epitont, and I like to move it. Uh, Epitont, clearly not the horse she used to be. Chances are she, she might not need to be to win this. Um, for all, I have no interest in backing her at odds on, which uh, in a race will be our first try on heavy ground in her career, well, in this country. At least she did race on heavy in France. Um, I like to move it, a horse I like, but big disappointment last time out in the Relcule hurdle. I'd be relatively confident that was down to the trip, um, and I'd be hopeful, I'd be very hopeful of a better showing in this. 11-4, potentially tempting, although like Epiton, untested on heavy to date um, I don't see it as being an issue but um, yeah, the, the last one was worrying, I want to see more from him uh, one who does have form on heavy though, and that's winning form as well, Jason the Militant um, making his first start for Philip Kirby in this, if you look at Jason the Militant on soft or slower ground, and a grade 2 level and below, 
you see he has five wins and two places from seven starts. And that's all five of his clear wins. So at 22 to 1 plus, Jason Militant, I think the price is tempting me in and the horse's previous form is tempting me in. Um, is he good enough now to win this? Why is he moved from the Bromhead? I don't know. But heavy at Haydock is damn heavy. Yes. And J- Jason the Militant, we know, handles it. Whether he's the horse he was, I don't know. At 22 to 1 or bigger, I'm willing to find out. Yeah. Um, so I'll see. It's not a race I like. I never really liked this race. It's, 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 I don't know. It doesn't do what it says in the, on the tin champion hurdle trail. Nah, it's not. Um, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, but, um, yeah, Jason Milton for me, Tony, um, which takes us into the Peter Marsh handicap chase at 240, grade two, three mile, one and a half furlongs. Um, no trends for me in this one. Bit of a fiddly renewal. Uh, Bristol de Mai, I don't like backing him when he carries more than 11.07. He's zero from 10 with more than 11.07 on his back. Empire Steel, possibly not good enough. And he's zero from five when traveling more than 120 miles from his base. So he's maybe not a good traveler. Cooper's Cross, not sure he's good enough. Not convinced he's just there. Black Lion, he's 14. Horses aged 13 or older in graded chases and hurdles are two from 159, a 1% strike rate. Surely Black Lion can't be winning. Dr. Kananga, dreadful effort last time out. I'm not convinced his off-season wind-up has worked. Which, by process of elimination, leaves me with Fontaine Colange. Uh, the eight-year-old is three from three in January, two from three on heavy ground, one from one over course and distance, and the form of that win in November over course and distance has worked out well. Um, she's still unexposed after only six chase starts, and I think Fontaine Colange, I think she looks the most likely winner to me, Tony. It's the only one on my shortlist, mate. I've, I've, I've just discarded the rest. Fontaine Colange, uh, Venetia Williams, Charlie Deutsch, uh, five to two at the moment, recording this. Uh, I've just made the same notes as you, basically, mate. Uh, course and distance winner, uh, goes well at Haydock, obviously. Uh, heavy ground, goes over the trip, obviously, course and distance winner. Number of runners in the race as well is on his side, uh, on her side, rather. Uh, days since last run is on her side and also as you said uh, three from three in January Fontaine Colange uh, without a doubt in the 240 yep yep I'm with you process elimination she wins absolutely mate absolutely so uh, it is the the, uh, part of the show that uh, everyone has been waiting for let's go it let's do it let's do top middle and bottom I can't find Dumbarton, hang on, I can't find Dumbarton. Welcome to the, uh, <laughs> the most popular part of the show. Uh, our top, middle and bottom, the usual rules. One pound Trixie from us both. Four pound in total, it's just for fun. And Ben, an update from two weeks ago, please. Two weeks ago seems like an age, but Tony, <laughs> two winners, one match postponed, plus 9.59 points profit, lovely. Myself, two winners, one match postponed, plus 12.8 points profit. Double lovely. Who was the postponement? <laughs> Dumbarton. Of course it was Dumbarton. Absolutely. Who else is going to be? Running totals. Tony, plus 43.17. Lovely. Get in. Ben, 
Myself, plus 61.60. Oh, we are nailing it, Tony. Don't know how, but it's... Fantastic. It's Scotland. Superb. And this week, <laughs> reluctant to leave our happy hunting ground of Scotland, we are going for a messed up hybrid mix of the Scottish Cup and the first and second divisions for this week's top, middle and bottom. So free range to pick any result from the Scottish Cup. Uh, there's only one match in League One, so we'll take that. <laughs> and there is three games for us to choose from in League Two. So let's crack on, Tony. I'll start things off. And... Top Scottish Cup. Now, we have some cracking ties to choose from here, Tony. Dundee United against Stirling University. <laughs> Elgin against Drumchapel United. Darvel FC against Aberdeen. Who the hell is Darvel FC? Have they made up names? I mean, I don't know. Anyway, um, I settled on the more, more well-known. Heart of Midlothian to beat Hibs at 23-20 to 20 in the Edinburgh Derby. Uh, Hearts are unbeaten in their last seven matches, and they're unbeaten in the last eight against Hibs. So I'll take Hearts to win here. Middle Scottish first. Peterhead to beat Clyde at 6-4. to four. Now, it's a cracker, this one, Tony. <laughs> Peterhead, no wins in 16. Clyde, no wins in 17. <laughs> but the head-to-head stats marginally favour Peterhead, though. Uh, Peterhead unbeaten in six against Clyde, and they have scored in all six of those matches. So, Peterhead Superb. for me in this one. Super. And... Bottom, Scottish second, East Fife to beat Stranraer at 11-10. Now, here's an cracker. East Fife have the worst home record in the league. Stranraer have the worst away record in the league. But East Fife are considerably better at home than Stranraer are away from home. (laughs) So it's East Fife for me. So, hearts, Peterhead and East Fife for me, Tony. Absolutely marvellous. Brilliant. Okay, Scottish Cup. I love the Peterhead Clyde uh, stats there. Brilliant. Nobody wants to win. They don't want to win anymore. Uh, Okay, from the Scottish Cup, Dundee. I've gone for Dundee away at St Mirren at 15-4. to Uh, I haven't got any stats there or anything. I do apologise, everybody. Uh, In the Scottish uh, First Division, sorry, League One, uh, Peterhead to beat Clyde. Um, I've gone exactly the same there uh, with you at six to four in the Battle of the Orange uh, Horses Oranges, uh, playing for the Horses Oranges Cup here, Peterhead and Clyde, uh, an exclusive uh, trophy there for Peterhead and Clyde. They they played for it annually, the Horses Oranges Cup. Uh, Remember where you heard it. Uh, and in the uh, on the bottom is the Scottish League Two Sterling to beat Forfar at three to four. Sterling have to win to stand any chance of catching the mighty Dumbarton for the league title. Uh, Sterling are second. <laughs> Sterling are second on thirty six points played. Look at me with my stats here. Uh, oh, Sterling are second on thirty six points played eighteen. Dumbarton top on forty points played nineteen. Game in hand for Sterling must win to go within a point of the Suns uh, at three to four. Sterling to beat four far. Uh, sounds like I know what I'm on about. I don't, but uh, fingers crossed we can keep the run going, Ben. Indeed, Tony. Indeed, Tony. Um, <laughs> and we reluctantly move away from top, middle, or bottom. Uh, back to the, the racing. And uh, I am going to start things off. I'm going to head to Taunton, where we'll hopefully get some racing. Um, I'm heading to Taunton for some trainer transaction, and I'm putting Kieran Burke under the microscope first. Mm. Uh, looking at Kieran Burke runners under the following. Aged 6 to 8, 
running in Taunton handicaps over two mile three to two mile seven and a half. Now, since 2020, those types of return figures of seven winners and three places from 13 qualifiers. So 54% win strike rate and over 63 points profit. Um, Burke has one qualifier on that angle on Saturday, and that is Love Actually in the Mayor's Handicap Chase at 155. Uh, the seven-year-old was a tidy winner last time out at Taunton on Chase debut. That actually took her course record to three wins from four starts, and she is very much a Taunton specialist. All three of Love Actually's clear wins to date have come out of the track. Uh, she only went up four pounds for that win last time, but Harry Kimber hops on board on Saturday, takes off three pounds, so effectively only one pound higher. Uh, I very much think she's the one to beat, so... Love actually in the 155 at Taunton for Kieran Burke is the first one for me. I also have a really, a really, really strong stat for Paul Nichols. Oh yeah, um, oh yes. Yeah, we love we love a Paul Nichols angle. So Paul Nichols Taunton angle. The angle is Paul Nichols in Taunton hurdles with horses that won last time out also at Taunton and are returning to the track within 30 days. Now, his horses, Nichols' horses, that meet with those stats return the following seriously impressive set of figures. 16 wins from 26 qualifiers for a 62% win strike rate. Win in place, they are 24 from 26. A 92% win and place strike rate. Now, he's one qualifier on that angle on Saturday at Taunton, and that is fame and fun in the 350. Ridden my crack seven-pound claimer, Freddie Gingle. Um, there was no prices available. Hopefully, it will be a backable price. Fame and fun in the 350 at Taunton, Tony. Good stuff. Freddie Gingle, is he as is good as Billy Loughnane? <laughs> oh, no, who's as good as him? <laughs> Nobody. That's absolutely ridiculous, isn't he? Absolutely nice. ridiculous. It's something like seven winners in his last fourteen rides or something. I was on Talksport too yesterday, and he won the first. It was just ridiculous. Absolutely ah, got ridiculous. Got to be cheating, Tony. Nobody's that good. Oh. <laughs> no, yes, he he's clearly very brilliant. Good. Very good. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got one. Uh, I have uh, our old friend Hooves like Jagger who goes in the 8.30, you've got to wait a long time here, 8.30 at Wolverhampton, uh, who's like Jagger, uh, over in uh, a, a one mile four furlong handicap. Now, he's back down to one pound below his last winning mark. Uh, he hasn't won for quite some time, actually, but he's been running well, and he does come with a, a wealth certificate as well. He's been beaten, a beaten favourite the last twice. Uh, he was beaten at Wolves, on uh, the 28th of November, 3rd of 13, beaten two and a quarter lengths, five to two favourite. He was the six to four favourite earlier this month at Chelmsford, uh, beaten uh, a, a neck, uh, be- oh no, sorry, behind uh, Bassinet, who actually came out and won uh, a- another race after that. So who's like Jagger? He's uh, two from five at Wolverhampton. He's uh, three from 11 over a mile and a half. Uh, it goes well when he's rated with it. It does virtually all his winning between uh, 51 and uh, 60 when he's officially rated between 51 and 60. He's rated 58 tomorrow night. He's uh, one in January. He, he likes the tap of the service and he is two from two 
over course and distance hooves like Jagger he might be a little bit short but obviously um, like you were saying Ben about your selection there at Taunton there's no uh, there's no prices out yet for the 8.30 at Wolverhampton but I'll be certainly looking at uh, hooves like Jagger won't be steaming in obviously because we uh, we don't uh, we don't advise anybody steaming in on anything but uh, who's like Jagger have a look 8.30 tomorrow night at Wolverhampton what do you think of who's like Jagger Ben? I just I don't know. It's all weather, mate. I'm blind to all weather. <laughs> no, it's. Um, I did have a leak. He you did, like a, yes, you did. I thought you were leaving like me high and dry there for a minute. Uh, he looks like he's got a good <laughs> chance, definitely. The forms, his form has worked out exceptionally well, and they were miles ahead in his last race of the third. So, yeah, good shout. I like it. I like the thought behind it, Tony. Yeah, it's um, good. Good. And uh, nice to see you back to um, getting back to full fitness, Ben, because you weren't very well last week. No, I know. It's um I was I was bedridden. I was hit hard by double hit of COVID and whatever the hacking cough that yeah. everyone seems to have. But yeah. Good my voice is still a bit croaky, but yeah, I'm I'm back. I'm I'm ready to roll. All those grapes, yeah. flowers and get well soon cards. Marvellous. From uh, all yeah, your fans. Yeah, but it was great. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Not <laughs> Good to have you back. Many thanks for listening, everyone, to the latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast. Uh, I've got to, we've got George with his boxing selections at the end of the show, very quickly. And uh, remember to check our midweek Pod Blasts as well as our, uh, starting our deep dive into the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, the Champion Hurdle is uh, next week for us. Is it Ben? Uh, it is Tony. Uh, a one-minute pod of us saying Constitution Hill wins, <laughs> um, but obviously not. Um, we we're both going to try and unearth some tasty yes. each way value in the market. We're both looking forward to that one. Excellent stuff. Uh, very much so. Looking forward to that. Until then, it's uh, thanks and goodbye from us both. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Hi lads, a good pay-per-view card in Manchester headlined by Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Smith on Saturday to get British boxing going this year. While there's no world title on the line in Eubank against Smith, they both operate in and around that level. I think it's going to be very competitive even though Eubank is a decent favourite at around 2-5. In Eubank's last fight against Liam Williams, we saw more of him showcasing this new style he's shown under Roy Jones Jr. Williams allowed Eubank to dance around for long periods, showboat. But I really can't see Smith letting him get away with the same. However, you also have to factor in the weight difference here. Liam Smith has been known as an established 154 pounder, while Eubank's natural weight division has been 160. I think Smith will come forward, put on the pressure, but in a clever way as he does. I'm not sure Eubank is the sort of boxer to constantly put out the jab to keep Smith away for 12 rounds. So I think there'll be opportunities for Smith to work on the inside. And I like the value of Liam Smith to win on points at 7-2 on Skybet but that's just a single bet for me. And then on the undercard, starting with Joseph Parker up against Jack Massey. Quite a surprise to a lot when this got announced, since Parker's fought at the very top of the heavyweight division, while Massey is a good, but not exactly world-level leading cruiserweight. He's never even fought at heavyweight, so it's a case of him just taking this opportunity. I think Parker has to do the job here, which is to win by a stoppage. If he doesn't and just wins on points, the narrative's just going to be that Parker doesn't have it anymore, and it'll be a moral victory for Massey, really. So I like the value of Parker to win by stoppage at 4-5 on the Skybet. Then there's the Chris Congo Echo Esserman fight. The narrative here is that it's the slick boxer in Chris Congo against the hard work and pressure of Esserman. 
I think when you do this and you look at the fight like this, you underestimate the other, the other abilities they've both got. Esselman has amateur experience like Congo and they know each other from them days. My gut feeling initially with this was Esselman on points, but I'm just going for the fight to be a tight affair and go the distance at 2-7 on Skybet. And finally, if you're not going for the Liam Smith points win from earlier as the single, you could just go for Eubank and Smith fight to go the distance at 4-9 on Skybet, which would bring the treble to just better than 9-4.